0: Welcome to the Strong Enough Podcast, your relationship wellness podcast. I'm your host, Claudia. Today's guest is going to share with us how being in a toxic relationship of her own and going through the healing process led her to a place of now helping other women heal themselves. Please help me in welcoming Danielle Ingenito. Danielle, thank you so much for being here this morning. I really appreciate it. How are you today? I am good. I'm excited for our conversation. Uh, Absolutely. I appreciate you joining me and jumping in. I know you have a, a really unique story, but first, why don't you tell everybody a little bit about your background?
1: Yeah, this will probably surprise people. So I am a spiritual empowerment coach now and a master healer, but uh, I was actually a CPA, an accountant before this. So I had a business for like 10 years, and then I went through a devastating divorce myself, uh, realized that I had a lot of healing to do, and I got introduced to energy healing. And then I started like learning so much about toxic relationships, so then I started to share it with women because I'm like, there's so many women that just don't understand what they're in and like, they think it's all their fault. And so, yeah, so I started sharing everything, created a business, have programs and really just love seeing the women I work with have the transformation
0: that they get. Love it. So I do want to talk a little bit about toxic relationships and how, you know, you came to help women in dealing with those. And it sounds like it came from your own personal experience.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. So looking back, like I I was toxic. (laughs) I mean, um, you know, like I think that we create toxicity in our life because we are um, dealing with a lot of pain from our childhood. Like that's really where I go back to is our childhood. And um, yeah, so the marriage was the one thing that kind of like, made me think like, oh my gosh, like what is wrong with me? And then I started like diving into things, which was really weird because I, it it was such a weird journey because like I started after I got divorced, after I separated, he was with someone right away. So that like really like made me in a very weird place of wanting love, wanting love, because he was with someone. So I wanted it even more, like not even giving myself that chance. I got involved with another narcissist. And then after that, I started to just watch YouTube videos. Um, First, it was like tarot. And then it was like, oh, like how to make a guy want me or like all these like, you know, videos like that. But there was one person that was, was doing it that suggested this book the power of now and then i went to the power of now and i started like oh my gosh like there's two of me in my mind like there's more like all this stuff and then like i started watching other youtube videos so like it was just so weird how like i was seeking guidance and then i was like well how do i get these guys to like me like how do they love me what do i what do i do to do that which Totally wrong, guys. Um, And then like went on this journey and and came here. So it was just looking back. It's funny how you're guided in certain ways to get what you need at the time.
0: I completely agree. And it's also interesting how YouTube has become such a fixture in our lives to teach us pretty much everything at this point. So yeah, that's that's very interesting in itself. Um, So you said you were toxic in your marriage. What what do you feel like you contributed to the relationship that made it toxic for you?
1: Yeah. So I teach about narcissism and codependency. And narciss I think these two words are so like far fetched for people to truly understand. Like we think narcissists are just like ego people that like, you know, dress nice and think a lot of themselves, which is not true. And then codependency, it's like we depend on other people to live, like maybe financially and all this stuff. And I was always had money. I always was independent and stuff like that. And those two words are are not that. So narcissists, it's all about empathy and narcissists just lack empathy and codependents have too much empathy. Um, And codependents are really seeking love outside of themselves. So I was toxic because I was the needy one. My ex was toxic because he was narcissistic and, like, you know, just cared about, had no empathy and stuff. But, like, I consider myself now looking back, I didn't think I was then, but, like, looking back, like, I was a toxic one too because I was just trying to get love from all these other people. And, you know, when you're needy like that, people don't want that. Like, it's like they like that confidence. They don't want to have to feel like they have to validate you all of the time. And that was me. That was me. So I can definitely say, like, I was, you know, I always look back and say, where was I accountable? Where was I responsible? And, like, yeah, even though our marriage fell apart and, like, it was a lot of his doing, like, I can look back at the marriage now and say, Yeah, I definitely played a part in that. Like, I was jealous, I was overbearing, like, you know, but he also gave me reasons to do that. But at the same time, like, I should have just left instead of stayed there with all this jealousy and and lack of trust in our relationship. What do you think
0: made you stay
1: Um, my neediness. Right. So like even just a little bit of love was better than no love. So going from a relationship to not like, I I can't remember a time when I was actually single, like I was always, or like I was single, but I was always trying to like find that other person. Um, and I think that, you know, and this is a, this is a hard part in toxic relationships and toxic. What I mean by, it it deteriorates you there's gaslighting, which is like, they make you feel like you're the problem brings down your self-confidence, your self-worth relationships. I think could become toxic just because we're not a good fit together. And like, you know, we stay in that relationship for too long and it can become toxic, but the toxic relationships that I work with are abusive, emotionally, sexually, physically, um, like really deteriorating, deteriorating your self-worth and self-love. Um, so I stayed because the good times were good, but then the bad times were bad. And, like, I, even though the bad times outweighed the good, it was like, you know, these narcissistic people will give you a little bit of breadcrumbs, I call them, to be like, oh, okay, he does love me. And, like, maybe it's just me. And, like, maybe I'm thinking the wrong way. And, like, okay, I'll stay you know, and there was a couple of times where I tried to get out of it. But you know, he they lure Mm -hmm. you back in, like, we had separated and he was downstairs for a while. And somehow he got right back up into the bedroom within a couple months, which was not my intention. But Mm -hmm. they do that they they weigh on you and they get you to kind of commit and, and stay with I them.
0: like that you mentioned that because it's it's very much that cycle of abuse where, you know, you have the bad times and then you roll back into that honeymoon phase where, like you said, oh, everything's great. And I can't tell you how many times I've heard, but when things are good, they're really good. And I think it's almost like a drug in that, you know, you get that that love high and you keep wanting to get back to that. And so you keep trying to get back there. So would you say that's kind of the, the situation and the cycle that you were in?
1: Yeah. And then like, then it came to a point of my children, you know, and that's a lot of times why clients don't leave as well as like, you know, we always think that we're going to ruin our children and yeah, it hurts. But, you know, from a spiritual perspective, like we're all here to heal And the more that we try to protect our children, the more we're kind of um, enabling them not to do what they're here to do. And then the other part is like, for our children, if anybody's out there listening to this that is staying in a toxic relationship, especially an abusive one that or just one that you're just not happy in that causes toxicity, like it is not better for the kids. And it's because they're mm-hmm. learning from you. They are learning what is good and what is acceptable in a relationship. So a lot of the times like I will ask, like, you know. If you, if this, if you were your child, like say if you, you know, if you have a daughter, like if that was you and she was dealing with what you're dealing with, like, what would you tell her? And most of them would be like, get the hell out. Like, you know, like, what are you doing? And it's like, well, what are you doing? (laughs) You know, it's like, you are someone's child. Like you deserve that happiness and, and kids are resilient, um, I do know that the harder, the older that they are, the the harder it may be. My kids mm-hmm. were three and six when we, we separated. Um, so my son doesn't even really remember living with his dad too much. My daughter does, and she has a little bit more trouble with that. And I think the more that we can accept that our children are going to be messed up either way. Like, I I truly believe that you could be the best parent ever and your kids are still going to be messed up. (laughs) So, like, I think if we can just accept that and, like, realize that and, like, as they get older, just try to help them through Mm -hmm. whatever they're dealing with, because... Maybe it's not your relationship. Maybe it's in school. Maybe it's bullying. Maybe it's a teacher. Maybe it's a cousin. Maybe, you know, like you cannot protect your Mm -hmm. children from everything. But what I do know now is the happier you are, the happier your children will be.
0: And that's something I have always said as well. And admittedly, I do not have children. I have two fur children. But, um, but I have always said the same thing is that I believe children will be happier with two parents who are separate but happy than together and miserable. So I'm glad to hear that you, as an expert in this field, agree with that. Um, you mentioned, you mentioned getting out of that marriage and you kind of rolled right back into another relationship with a narcissist. So was that just your comfort zone in that time as being that needy and codependent individual? And then how did you realize like, wait, 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 I don't want to do this again.
1: Whew. Okay. So I, I went even darker with the (laughs) second, with the second one that I rolled into. Like He had been in jail. He didn't have a license. I was driving an hour to go pick him up and an hour to bring him back to my house just to do the very next thing the next day. So I was in a very, very dark place myself. Um, So and bad boys were my comfort zone. And it's really funny because like a couple of months after I ended that, I got involved with a nice guy. And I literally freaked out. Like I had no idea what to do with someone like that. And I literally said that to him. I said, you're so nice. Like, I I don't know what to do with you. And like, I cut things off because I was just like, so like, oh my God, like, I don't, you know, like <laughs> it was so crazy. But like, yeah, that is our comfort zone. Like when you grow up, bringing it back to childhood for a second, right? It's like when you grow up not feeling that love and having to search for that love and wanting to find that love, like that is your comfort zone. So the comfort zone is misery. It is confusion. It is like feeling unlovable. And when you're with the bad boys, right, the ones that bring you on the roller coaster ride, give you some, take it away, give you some, take it away, like that's what we're used to. That's what we've grown up with. So, you know, even like if you've been abused, like the abuse is the down part and then like, oh, maybe they give you a hug afterward or say they're sorry. That's the up part. So we get so comfortable in these cycles That Yeah, even in our adult relationships, when we don't heal that childhood part of us, we follow suit and we we follow the bad boys. And that's what we're attracted to, right? And then like when the good guys come along, it's like, no, 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 no. Like, no, you know? So yeah, it was definitely my comfort zone. So I
0: do want to talk more about the healing your inner child, because I know that is a big part of your work and your belief. So can you talk a little bit about, and you kind of just did, but delve a little deeper into the patterns that we set as a child and how that then will affect us in our adult relationships.
1: Yeah. And it's so important to be aware of that. Like I teach awareness is key. Like that's the first thing we teach. And it's because as that inner child, like I just feel like we go through so many things and we're just trying to like bat it aside and be like, okay, that didn't affect me. And especially like with clients I work with, like success-driven women, like we find other areas in our life to like dive into. So like, that's why I was a CPA. I was like 4.0 in school, like all these things, because that validated me. That made me feel like I was good enough. Um, but as a child like every single thing that we go through and we i hear the word trauma a lot and i use that word because i think that a lot of my clients do actually go through trauma but trauma is really just a disturbing experience and as a child like we internalize everything like everything is about us so like when my parents broke up it was about me like what did i do wrong why didn't they like my father left and like i didn't talk to him for nine years what did i do wrong like why doesn't he love me like why does he hate me like why isn't he talking to me like what did i do do. Right. And we bring everything on ourselves. And that makes us feel like we're not lovable. And on the other side, like, you know, our parents back then, like didn't have YouTube and didn't have all this stuff to like dive into and like all these things that parents are supposed to do and all that stuff that's out there. Um, so they were just doing the best that they could do. And yet, but they they couldn't either be aware of it, recognize it or help us kind of like get through it. And like, I know like with my parent, like my mother, it was like, get over it. Like, you know, I'll give you something to cry about. Like, why are you crying? Like not being able to feel those emotions. So there's so much stuff that can happen in childhood. And like those disturbing experiences, like I talk about being left at school, you know, um, somebody not picking you up at the right time, not being able to sleep over or sleeping over and being scared, like um, being bullied. Um, Somebody just, saying something to you that like is still with you. And that's the thing. And I talk about energy a lot. Um, Like when these experiences happen, they leave like an energy imprint on you. And until you release that imprint, like you're holding on our energy holds our thoughts, emotions, and feelings. And so if we don't release the energy from those past experiences, we're holding on to that and we're still feeling the exact same way. So what will happen is that inner child is inside of us holding on to, we'll say, holding on to all that energy and all those experiences, all those thoughts and beliefs as well. Then, as in our adult life, something will happen which will make us feel the exact same way that we felt back then. So, if you were left, or say somebody didn't show up on time, now all of a sudden you go out for a date with somebody and they're not there on time. Like that's going to trigger you and it's not just triggering what's happening right now, but it's triggering all the feelings from back then that you've suffered as a child too. So it's like uh, mm-hmm. compounding really. <laughs> and like, that's why we freak out. That's why we lash out. We get angry, mad. and But when we can really release the energy and reprogram subconscious beliefs around the childhood, things don't matter. And uh, I'll tell you a quick story. Like I'm on a date last night and I'm like, he's like, well, are you a jealous person? I'm like, I don't think so. Not anymore. Like, he's like, do you lash out? I'm like, no, I don't think so. Not anymore. <laughs> like, it's like <laughs> cause it's such a different feeling. It's like, I just mm-hmm. don't care. Like, it's like, You know, like as long as I trust you, as long as I enjoy spending time with you, like I don't need to do all those things. Like I don't need to feel all those ways, um, because I've healed that part of me that felt that way that I needed to protect myself. I needed to validate myself. Like I needed you to validate me. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't need any of that anymore. It's just like, let's just enjoy our time.
0: How much happier are you now that you don't rely on that external validation anymore? it it is so different.
1: Like I was just saying, right. It's so different. I, I mean, I'm so much happier. Um, obviously we're never perfect. And like, I think we're always healing and I've done a lot of healing just in the past year itself. But, um, it feels so good not mm-hmm. to feel jealous. It feels so good not to be like, oh my gosh, do you like what I'm wearing? Do I look okay? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like, no, I don't need that either. Like, I am who I am. If you like it, you like it. If you don't, you know, go find somebody else. That's okay. But in the mm-hmm. most loving way, and that that's the thing, like, I used to be like that, but it was like, well, get the hell out of here. You know, Mm -hmm. like, I don't want you either, like in a very guarded way. And now it's just like, no, that's okay. Like I, you know, let's see where this goes, see how it is. And then like, if it ends, it ends. And I know like you'll learn something, I'll learn something and then we'll be on the next journey. And it is so different It's so different from, you know, what I've grown up with and, and stuff like that. And it feels so good. It's not even about happiness. It's about peace. It's about just feeling like everything is okay and I don't have to be safe. I don't have to protect myself. It's like I can trust myself and love myself and know that whatever comes my way, I'm going to deal with it and I
0: will be okay. So going back to childhood, I mean, it sounds like what you're saying is that even things that don't seem consequential at the time can really affect us years later um, just something like somebody was late to pick you up which probably a lot of us have experienced as children so do you think that really all of us have these things to heal even if you had this so-called perfect childhood that there's still things in there that you're carrying forward
1: absolutely absolutely like there has to be like If you're living as an adult and you are happy and you don't need validation from other people and you have empathy for other people, like that is a good person, Like, like not a good person, but like that is a, like a healed person. And like maybe you don't have a lot of stuff to heal from your childhood. But if you are constantly, these are the things like people pleasing, um, over giving to people, always trying to help people, always taking on other people's emotions overachieving also, like I see so many people packing mm-hmm. their schedules because they're uncomfortable, like not doing anything. They don't know what to do with themselves. Like that's another, um, these are like codependent personas that I'm mm-hmm. like creating in my mind. Um, and then like the self-doubter, like doubting yourself, like, does this look good? Like trying to get other people's opinions on everything because it's like, oh my gosh, like, I don't know what to think myself. Um, <clears throat> that would be a sign for you to say, oh crap. Like maybe I do have some stuff in childhood. And even that great childhood, like, I can't say that every childhood was great, but this is the difference. Looking back as an adult, you can say, oh, yeah, I had a good childhood. I had a good childhood. Like, we went on vacation. I never needed for anything. Like, it, it was good. Um, but emotionally, I was a freaking mess, you know? So you can look at back at it as an adult. But what you really have to do is step into the child and remind yourself like how you felt back then, not now, but back then. And, And a lot of the times we can't really do that as an adult and like without meditation or like I do energy healing to get us back there and stuff. Um, so yeah, so it's important that you determine like, uh, Take the difference between as an adult, what you see, and as a child, what you went through. And I would definitely say that everyone has something in their childhood to work on if they haven't. I mean, I can't imagine that everyone's childhood was like 100% good. It just
0: might not have affected you as much as some other people. Excuse me. That's what I find so interesting is that even these things that don't seem like a big deal can super affect us. So how hard is that for people to unpack?
1: So in my program, um, I'm recreating a a program right now, but in my program, it's called From Pain to Power. um, It's eight weeks. It's an eight week and it's actually most of it is done in six weeks. By the second week, they're already unpacking it. And I love therapists and I even have therapists in my course because this is completely different because in my mind, and I write this about in my book, is that we have to connect the subconscious with our energy. So a lot of the times people go to therapy and what there's a couple problems with that, especially if you've been in toxic relationships. First of all, you got to find a good therapist that understands mm-hmm. narcissism because I was in therapy for two years. The word never even came up after saying everything that he's done to me and stuff like that. Word never even came up. So I'm like, Ah, after that, I was like, "What the hell?" <laughs> like, I would have googled the crap out of you that and like YouTube-ed figured that, it all out right? on <laughs> my own. But like, <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. Um. So so, get a good therapist that actually knows narcissism and and codependency. And then the other problem is is that. We're only we're, and they're not even really working with the subconscious too much, like a, hypno, a hypnotherapist would probably work with the subconscious more. but like therapy is great for you know talking and getting things out and getting coping skills to deal with what you're dealing with. My experience and only my experience, I know there's great therapists out there that have helped a lot of people, um, but my experience and uh, and all my clients tell me is it's the energy work that makes the significant difference because what will happen is you can change your beliefs. This is like, I'll give you an example, setting boundaries, toxic relationships. Everyone's like, well, I need stronger boundaries. Mm -hmm. That was the first course I took, right? I need stronger boundaries. But the problem is, is if you're not working with your mind and your energy, you're not going to be able to enforce those boundaries because you're going to feel bad. So what will happen is your mind will know like, okay, I need to set this boundary and you set the boundary. But the problem is, is that your energy is still stuck back there where you're scared of people being mad at you. You're scared of what people are thinking about you. That's all in your energy. So when you release your energy, you're releasing like the need to, to care about people being mad at you because you're releasing the energy energy around the experience that has now made you feel that way and that's the difference between thinking and feeling and with my program we get on the same page with both so the the limiting beliefs and also the energy which creates a massive rapid transformation So it doesn't have to take years of therapy in order to really get you to a place where you're loving yourself. And like my my goal for women is to get to a place that they love their life so much that they don't need a person, don't need a partner. They want a partner, which then will tell me that they're not going to settle for a partner because they don't need it. They want it. They want it to make their life better. So it doesn't have to take years to to help yourself.
0: What would you say to the people that don't really believe in this whole energy thing Um, you know I think we all we all carry energy positive negative we we take it from other people or give it to other people but I know there's a lot of people that just are like that's a bunch of mumbo jumbo whatever Um, talk to those people
1: I was that person (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so I was the accountant, right? And my friend suggested Reiki. She had said that she had said that word like a lot of times. And I was like, what the hell is that? Like too weird too. And I was into psychics. I was into tarot. Like, but that was just it's like, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> too much, too much. And then, um, and then she had suggested an energy healer. And at this point I was so devastated. My kids were a mess. I was a mess. And I was like, well, energy healer. And I'm like, I do remember in school, like we're made of energy So, and then she was telling me like what would happen like in her sessions. And I was like, wow, that sounds like something I could Mm -hmm. really, really use. Um, So I tried it. And in one session, like she knew things that I was thinking. She knew things that were going to happen because she was an intuitive energy healer. So she knew things. That's what what I teach and what I am. Um, And when I left that session, I, I cried like a baby. Like I felt like something released. And for someone that is struggling Mm -hmm. for so long, trying to figure it out and trying to help themselves, like my thing is in spirituality, I I say, take what resonates and leave what doesn't. When I first started my spiritual journey, journey, Mm -hmm. all of it did not resonate. Like reincarnation, Mm -hmm. I didn't believe. I was a Catholic. I grew up Catholic in a Catholic school. So like, I was like, no, I don't really believe that. I don't really believe these dimensions. What the hell are those? Like it was so, you know, so like, Take what resonates with you at the time and continue your journey. And for me, I was like, well, what, like, what am I to lose going to an energy healer? And a lot of the times it's more about fear of the unknown rather than like being skeptical. Like that's just an ego thing because it's like, oh, that's unknown. It's out of my comfort zone. I don't want to try it. Um, but what if it is the thing that you've been searching for? And for me, it was. And for all of my clients, it was. And a lot of my clients never hear about energy healing. I actually on YouTube do tarot and lead it into energy healing because my mission here on earth is to open people's eyes. And I would say, get my book. Um, It's not you. It's your energy. That would be the first step. It's on Amazon. It's only 99 cents right now. So like just to start to really open your mind to it a little bit and then try it. Like what is the harm in trying it? Um, to see if it is the thing that's actually going to help you.
0: I think what you said is so spot on that it's the fear of the unknown because that's what also keeps people in those toxic relationships because it's easier to stay in the known, even if it's a miserable known, than to venture out into, well, who knows what. So what took you from... Healing your energy and doing the work yourself to saying, I don't want to be an accountant anymore and I want to jump in and help other people have this amazing transformation that I have experienced.
1: Yeah. So for me, it was like intuitively, like, I don't even know how my YouTube channel started. I don't even know how my Facebook group started. It was just like one day it's done and created. And then I just started like really kind of like testing things out, like reading tarot, reading Oracle cards and stuff, like just kind of like using what I'm learning and, you know, doing it in a public way, which is weird for me because I'm more of a, even though I'm a Leo, I'm more of an introvert than an extrovert. um, But what happened was I kept working with women and I kept seeing their transformation. And I actually didn't let go of my QuickBooks. I I used to teach QuickBooks and a consultant, but I didn't let go of my accounting business until June of last year in 2020. Um, When I started just to see like what I was creating and like who I was helping and like how much I loved it. And I was actually making more money doing this than doing my accounting. And I was like, this is a win-win. And like, you know, I could work from home. I could be with my kids and, and I'm helping people like literally, literally like transform from pain to power. And it's so inspiring. And so like, um, just feeling guided to, to that's what I'm here for. And that's really what made me take the leap, um, from letting go of that. Cause I've always liked to help people. I was mm-hmm. teaching people how to use a, a system. I've always been like teaching people things. Um, always wanted to be like a teacher, but I didn't want to go back to school mm-hmm. for it. So now mm-hmm. it's like, I get to do that, you know, in, in a way that actually is like really transforming lives. Talk
0: about turning pain into power. You know, what does that mean for you? And how, how did you come up with that to be what you are giving other people?
1: Yeah. Um, So there was a song and it had like, um, it had like turning pain into power. And I was like, wow, that like really gravitated to me. And I was like, that's exactly what we're doing here. Because like we talked about, like as a child, you're in so much pain. And as an adult, I think we just Mm -hmm. learned to cope. And I learned like, you know, medication and stuff as well. Um, And just like put it aside, not to touch it and like just look forward And, um, yeah, I think it was so important for, for, for me and it was my journey. Like I went from being in so much pain to being empowered, like showing up and helping women, like, you know, like going from where I came from to what I'm doing now. It's like, people would not even know who I am now if, you know, from back then. Um, but that to me is exactly what I want for every single client I work with, it's what I want for every single woman in this world, is to never feel that pain, never feel like they're not lovable, never feel like they're not good enough, always trying to please everybody else and not really focusing on themselves. Like, that's what women are supposed to do, right? Mm-hmm. The homemaker, like, we're, and now all of a sudden we're the homemaker and the businesswoman, and we're just supposed to do it all and, like, you know, and still take care of the man. And I'm like, screw that. Like, no, (laughs) you know, like it's like about finding, letting go of, the pain that you're in and empowering yourself, like having strong boundaries, going after what you want, feeling good about yourself, having that confidence, you know, being in a relationship that you can open up and feel safe in and feel protected in. um, And, you know, go with the good guy, allow yourself to receive love instead of always giving love. And that's like really what that from pain to power really means to me. So,
0: When you were listing things out just now and you were saying, you know, go after what you want, set your boundaries. I think we're still at a place in society and I do think it's getting better, but women who do that are often labeled the bitch, um, you know, the hard Mm -hmm. ass. So where do you think we are at in that place in society and how does that work with what you're helping women to achieve?
1: I I love that because uh, as I had stated before, like that is the woman that's trying to protect herself, right? So like the bitch is going to be the woman that sets the boundaries, but has an attitude about it um, or thinks like she's all that or like, but it's a protection around them, right? When you are truly like confident about yourself, like you don't have to be rude or nasty or a bitch to anybody else. Like People can sense your energy, can sense your confidence, and you can still be nice and you can still have empathy for other people. And I think that, you know, all of those women that are those high achievers and they're going after what they want, if they're doing it because they want the validation, it's going to come off looking like that, right? It's going to come off like, oh, you know, but when they're doing it, trying to inspire and encourage other women or like change the world in some way there's a huge difference between the two and you don't need that validation. You are just trying to help people and share your message, but you also have your boundaries and you also have, you know, what you want and it's okay. Like for me in the very beginning of this, especially in the spiritual world, like I was afraid to talk about money. I was afraid to talk about how much money I was bringing in because I feel, I felt Mm -hmm. people like would judge me. And that's like the healing. I always say like, if you really truly want to heal, like after you do your inner work, like, open up a business Mm -hmm. like helping other people (laughs) because there's so much more healing in that journey that it's like, it's so amazing. Um, But the more that you heal, it's like, there is no competition. There is no, you know, like, hers or mine or or whatever. It's like you're all coming together as a collective to change the world, especially, you know, for me, it's it's about women. But, you know, even men, like men go through toxic relationships and stuff. I specifically work with women because Mm -hmm. that's my journey and, you know, I can relate to them better. Um, But even men go through the toxic relationships and are codependent and deal with narcissists, a lot of narcissistic women out there. Um, So watch out for those people, like, you know, especially when you're working with people, you know, go with the people that are not narcissistic and, you know, not out there for them, but like out there to really help, like trust your person. Mm -hmm. It's like a relationship. I think like when you work with a coach, right. It's like, date them a little (laughs) bit first. (laughs) like like See how you feel with them. See if you can trust them. Feel it. You know, see if you feel safe with them, like that kind of thing. But yeah, unfortunately there are a lot of people out there just for them. Um, And then there's a lot of women who are in the business wanting to help other people, but they're still a lot codependent. So they have to feel like they have to protect themselves and that can come off like in a bitchy way.
0: How is it for you starting this business and kind of jumping in and still going through a healing process yourself?
1: Yeah, like right now I'm in this like downtime. Like I haven't been in my Facebook group. Like I've, you know, and but I do what I teach. So, you know, I tell them like, "Yes, isolate yourself. Like you've got to take a step away to be aware of things." Um and like I said, I think it's always a healing journey. I think we're always healing, right? Especially if you're ambitious because you just want not even like money-wise, but like I want to get to the highest possible mm-hmm. self that I could be while I'm here. So like, that might mean that I start working with men, you know, that might mean like I write a book. It might mean like, for me, it's the, a Ted talk next because Mm -hmm, it scares mm -hmm. the shit out of me, (laughs) you know, like, um, you know, so it's really like keep pushing yourself so that you can heal even more. Um, But I think it's a beautiful thing. And I think as long as you're honest with your clients, like I'm totally open and vulnerable with them, like telling them like the people that are in my program, like, yep, this is what I'm going through right now. This is what I'm learning right now. And I've always done that. And that's just been my journey here is because like, I, I, I want to teach Mm -hmm. by experience. I, it's not like I learn a lot and stuff like that, but like, I teach my experience so therefore people can relate to it and I can relate to them so mm-hmm. I can help them better. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, so I think it's a beautiful thing is like your coach is doing what they're teaching.
0: So healing, even though they're, they're teaching No, I think too. that's great because, you know, that's what I deal with a lot as well. I think a lot of times people who have gone through trauma or abuse, they want somebody they feel like they can relate to, or that can relate to them and their experience. Um, so I think, I, I love what you said that, you know, you're vulnerable with them. You take the time to say like, Hey, here's what I'm going through. It feels like a friendship versus, you know, a coach or even, you know, when you look at a therapist relationship and they sit in their chair um, and, you know, scribble away while you're talking and then you leave and you don't really know anything about them or their lives. So this feels very different yeah. to me.
1: Yeah. It's, it's funny though. Cause like when I took like my certification for life coach, I'm like, yeah, it's not really what I want to do it's like, they're like, don't tell them what to do. Like, you know, you make them find out. And I'm like, yeah, no, that's, that's not really how I want to do this. Like, I want to share my experience and like, you know, teach them the lessons that I have learned. Um, so yeah, it was funny because I go back and forth mm-hmm. with the word friendship because like I do, I feel like my clients are my friends and I'm like, am I overstepping? Is that a boundary issue? Like, you know, cause I have other coaches mm-hmm. that are like, you know, you don't know anything about them. And it's like, Oh, okay. Um, I'll get what I get out of the program. But like, I think having that person that you can relate to is, is so important, especially in your healing journey, you know, like, cause healing is personal. And if I'm just sitting here like, okay, yeah, you don't know anything about me. And yet here you are sharing everything about your life. It's like, I don't think it's Mm -hmm. like a two-way conversation, you know, like we're having a conversation back and forth here rather than me just talking about everything and you just listening and trying to like, take it. Like I I wouldn't want to do that. Well,
0: Then you would just be in therapy, right? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So tell me about your book. Um, It's not you. It's your energy. I want to hear more about that.
1: Yeah, so it was funny because I'm this toxic relationship expert, but when I intuitively sat down to write the outline for this book that I knew I was going to write for like two years, didn't know what it was about. It was about energy, and I was like, "Oh my gosh! Like, am I supposed to be teaching energy? Like, it threw me for a loop. Like, it was so crazy." Um, But this is the book. I don't if everybody can see it on YouTube anyway. Um, So it's not you, it's your energy. And basically I wrote this book because I wanted to teach people that were not spiritual. Like it is for everybody. And in what I felt was like with our energy, we can truly change the way we deal with mental health. Um, Antidepressant medication, um, anti-anxiety medication and stuff like that. Um, They all have its place. But I feel like a lot of my clients have actually been able to reduce their medication or go completely off their medication. I don't tell them to. That is something they do on their own. I'm not a doctor or anything like that. But when you work with your energy and you reduce your anxiety because you're not feeling all that fear, because I feel like anxiety comes from fear, and depression I feel like comes from past – and with the energy also, we take on other people's energy. So it's really important to be aware of what I teach in here, something called your default energy, so that you can be aware if you have other people's energy on you. And I teach you in this book how to clear it, how to protect it. I talk about the energy of astrology. I talk about the energy of the collective, especially when we went through COVID. Like that was, you know, if you know if you resonate with being an empath, which I, which I also teach in the book. Um, about taking on other people's energy and like for people that don't believe in energy, like if you've ever used the word vibes, like, Oh, I got a bad, bad vibe from that person. You're already working Mm -hmm. with energy. Like you are. So it's like, for me, it's like better to know more than not know anything when you're already doing it. Right. Um, you know, if you are in a great mood and then all of a sudden someone in a negative mood comes in and then all of a sudden you're in a bad mood, like you're already working with energy. So you might as well learn about it rather than like be like, oh my gosh, what is that? Like you're already doing it. You're energy. So it's better to know about it. Um, yeah. And then I go into the different energy centers and really where they come from, like, like why you feel certain ways. So, you know, depending like on, um, we'll just say like your sacral chakra, okay? And don't get those words. Like I, I like energy centers because it's like, <laughs> what the hell is a chakra? Like, it's so weird. Don't worry about it. Worry about it. It's just a technical term. Um, but what it does is it holds your trauma. So, and then I explain like why you're feeling that way and like where it could have come from, from your childhood. So you start to piece things together being like, That's why I feel that way. Okay. This is the chakra or energy center that I need to work with. Um, And then I go into the energy about money, how to make more money with uh, changing your energy around money. And then also energy of love and relationships, because I really feel like the money of energy uh, of Mm -hmm. the energy of money and the energy of love and relationships. It's the same thing. It's all about receiving and opening up yourself to this type of energy and allowing yourself to receive it. Um, So yeah, it's, it's, I, I wanted to make it a very entry level book for people that have no idea about their energy, so that they can understand it. And one thing that people tell me I'm good at is breaking it down to like very low level, like mm. second grade level reading. That's how I speak. That's what I do. Um, I'm not like one of those advanced people. Like when they tell me to write a book, I'm like, <laughs> what? Like. Uh, I don't even speak well, like, it's like so. Yeah, so that is the book. I'm um, I'm proud of it. It got to number one bestseller on Amazon. So I'm excited for it to be out there and really help people start to see
0: it. So what's what's your next book? I mean, you're you're not going to stop with one, right?
1: I know I've already talked about it in here. So just like I talked about um, getting the two on the same page, the mind Mm -hmm. and the energy. So this one is about the energy. The next book, I have the name for it, I believe anyway, unless they tell me different. Um, It's going to be called Dancing with the Ego. And it's going to be basically getting out of fear, letting go of fear and tapping into your intuition. So it's going to be really learning how to deal with the fear and the negativity and the thoughts that come up in your mind and reprogramming your limiting beliefs in order to really, you know, trust yourself more and tap into that intuition. Um, Yeah, so that's that's the next
0: So what I would love yeah. to hear from you is some wellness advice. You know, you have said, and I agree with you, that we're always working on ourselves. We're always healing. So what is your one piece of wellness advice that you would give out to the listeners and viewers?
1: All right. So one one piece of wellness advice that I would give out, like a little... A little exercise to do, I guess, would say. Awareness is key. So when you feel an emotion coming up for you, when you feel sad, angry, mad, any any kind of emotion, is to take a deep breath first. A lot of the times we want to just react. Okay? i lash out, say something back, especially if it's coming from another person. Um, but what I would advise for you, this is coming to me now, is just to take a deep breath in. And allow yourself to feel the feelings, and then start to ask yourself the question of, why do I feel this way? Like, why? What they just said to me is hitting me this way. And this is like what Eckhart Tolle teaches in like the um um, the power of now, where it's like there's you and there's a voice in your head, and. That voice is always going to kind of, that's the ego that we talk about, bringing you back to the negative, bringing you back to the comfort, bringing you back to protection and safety. But what we want to do is step outside of the emotion that you're feeling. And by taking this deep breath in and getting aware of how you're feeling instead of automatically reacting or feeding into the emotion, it's going to change everything for you right away. So that would be like my one piece of wellness advice to get you started to, to literally changing your life. And it could be as simple as that, as just being aware of your emotion instead of being in it. Like, oh, my God, like what they just said really made me feel like, ugh, like, like, that's <laughs> you, you know, like, okay, I can feel that way without saying it. But why am I feeling that? Okay, well, they just made me feel like I didn't matter. Now, to me, it's like going back, okay, well, where have I felt like I didn't matter before? And like maybe it goes back to childhood. Maybe it goes back to a relationship. Maybe it goes back to something. But just doing this process of mm-hmm. thinking this through, you're already taking yourself out of the emotion. So I think that if everybody could just do that, like our world would be very I
0: different. I love that. It's very similar to the advice uh, that Brittany Josie gave a few weeks ago was going through that path of whys. You know, wh- why... Why do I think that? Okay. Why did I feel that? Okay. Why? And and just kind of like breaking it down all the way. So I, I love that. Um, And it's just reinforcing, you know, what, what we've heard in the past. So what is your biggest relationship advice that you want to give out today?
1: Okay. Mm -hmm. Let me go back for one second. So the biggest part about what I said, that's a little bit different is Mm -hmm. the breath because the breath is the energy. So taking that breath already just releases the energy around it as well. Okay? Just want to point that out. Um and then going into relationship advice is be yourself. Like stop worrying about what other people want and just be yourself and you will attract the right person that loves all of you. Like you do not have to change yourself for anybody else and if you find yourself wanting to change for somebody else to fit what they want, then you're not in the right relationship. And probably eventually it will turn toxic because you're trying to be something that you're not. Um, So just be you focus on what you want and, you know, stand your ground with it and don't come, don't get into a place of lack where you feel like you're never going to find the person. Mm -hmm. So you have to settle or you have to change because I've been single for three years now and because I won't settle. And yeah, I've dated and I've dated and I've dated, but it's like if I know they're not the one, I don't go through with it. Like I don't follow because there's no point in it for me because I know what I want. So therefore, really getting clear on what you want and being who you are and and allowing yourself to receive, like allowing yourself to feel, even though it's scary, to feel the goodness of someone that's actually going to treat you right.
0: Love it. Take that in, everybody. So we've talked about some heavy things. We're, we're going to talk about a little bit lighter topic now to finish things out. Tattoos, my favorite thing. So tell me, uh, your favorite tattoo that you have.
1: Okay. So my favorite tattoo is one that I have on my shoulder and it is a bigger butterfly with two smaller butterflies, one pink, one blue. So it's about me being a mother and having my two children. Um, I got it while I was still married, but it was just about knowing, um, the uh, stability of that. It was always going to be just Mm -hmm. me, not just me, but it's always going to be me and my kids. And then like, you know, obviously whoever else comes in or even with my husband at that time, but it, it just, to me, symbolizes like love that I have for my kids and, and also showing them that they're so special to me that I will always have them. I love
0: about. that. And I, I think it's interesting that you got that even when you were married, but still just focused on you and your kids. So would you say that is also your most meaningful tattoo?
1: Yeah. I mean, I have another tattoo, which is a black widow spider, which goes along with what we were talking about. Cause I got it probably when I was 18 and I was in that place of feeling like I had to protect myself. It's like, to me, when I got it, it was like, listen, I'm sweet as can be, but don't mess with me. Once you mess with me, like I'll take you Mm -hmm, down. Like, mm -hmm. (laughs) so I don't feel that way anymore. But when I got that, like that was the symbol, symbolization of it. Um, so yeah, so that, that is that. So yeah, both of them have meanings to me and it's nice to see mm.
0: go from the black widow to the butterfly <laughs> contrasting. Um, would you say you would ever consider covering the black widow or is it still meaningful to you to see like, this is where I was and this is where I am now?
1: Yeah, I think it's still meaningful. Um, and I don't regret anything in my life. So therefore, I will never cover it because it is part of me. And it also still to this day, still that mm-hmm. empowerment as well. So like the Black Widow is kind of like a powerful, don't mess with her. But like for me now, it's more of like, yeah, I'm powerful. So like, you know, mm-hmm. not in like a don't mess with me type of way, but mm-hmm. like, see me, you know, like, you know, like, be aware. Be you know that kind of. So what's next?
0: What what is your next? I know we talked a little bit earlier about it, but tell us what you're thinking about for your next tattoo. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So I think I want two of them. I want something like right across Mm -hmm. my wrist here, and I was. I was thinking like breathe, but like that doesn't suit me. So I, am trying to figure out what word it's going to be in script. Um, and then I think the next tattoo is going to be, um, I actually have the image somewhere, but like a Lotus flower type of Mm -hmm. spiritual image, either on my ankle or on my foot. I'm I'm trying to get brave enough to put it on my foot. (laughs) I have a very small tattoo
0: on my foot, so it wasn't that bad, but it is tiny, Um, so I I don't know, but, um, your ankle is probably just as bad, I guess. Um, yeah, I love that. Well, D where can people find you? So social media, if they want to know more about your coaching and the different things that you offer, tell everybody where they can find you.
1: Uh, So they could either find me on YouTube under Danielle Ingenito um, in the process of opening up another channel as well. So I'll have a tarot channel and a toxic relationship channel on specific. And then also I have a group called Turning Pain Into Power on Facebook. So you could find me there as well. I'm also on Instagram, but those are my two main platforms.
0: Well, thank you so much for your time today. I really appreciate your sharing what you've been through and how that has changed you and turned you into somebody that now helps other people deal with their toxic relationships. Thank you so much for your time today.
1: Uh, Claudia, thank you so much for having me and thank you
0: for everyone who's listening. I hope you guys enjoyed my conversation with Danielle as much as I did. I really appreciated learning about energy and healing and I hope you guys did too. So remember until next week, you are strong enough and you are worth it. Thank you for listening to the Strong Enough podcast. You can find us on your favorite podcast platform by searching Strong Enough. And on YouTube, we're available on the Spear Talk channel. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Strong Enough Pod. If you have suggestions for an upcoming episode or a future guest, please reach out at strongenoughpod at gmail.com. Remember, you are worth it.